Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Hey, nice to connect with you. I hope that you are enjoying the Christmas countdown at the time that I'm recording this. We are at about week eight, week seven, seven or eight weeks towards the cray cray time of Christmas. So I hope you are joining me, whether it's on the podcast, maybe it's live on a Monday morning in the group. And uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. We've covered opening hours, your roster hours, maximizing your team. At Christmas time, we have talked about your work do, your Christmas do. We have talked about maximizing sales, utilizing gift vouchers. We've talked about managing and controlling stock over this crazy time, all working towards managing and doing these things now so you can have a little bit of free brain, free energy to put into the cray-cray time that is those three weeks in the lead up to Christmas. I'm really looking forward to next week's, which is all about making sure that you create space for self-care. And of course, I'm sure you've heard of the phrase, living my best life. Am I right? You must have heard this, people talking about living your best life. But if you've ever said these phrases to yourself, have you actually really stopped to think, well, am I living my best life? I know I certainly have. And so, well, what is my best life? What would I really want if I really got to choose? Because you do get to choose, but that's another whole matter. (laughs) There are lots of different uh, components which factor into how well you live your life, both personally and professionally and business. And there are a lot of things that many of us could do a little bit better. I know I could, for sure. So today, I'm chatting with Amanda Hodgson. Now, Amanda is a business and life coach who helps business owners like yourself hack into their human potential so that can really perform life at your best level. She certainly and literally helps people live their best lives. Now, in this session, Amanda shares lessons that we can all take on board. I know I've implemented a few in my life already. She has been on my mind since we chatted. So let's jump in and I really want you to meet Amanda. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Really pleased to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. Me too. (laughs) Hey, so look, why don't we start with where are you in the world? What do you do? How did you get to be doing that? I am in Sydney, um, in Australia, obviously, and I'm a performance coach. So I hack human potential to enhance performance. And basically what that means is, because I always get a lot of questions with that, is that I started out being a business – well, let me backtrack. I was in a leadership culture most of my life in the basketball community in Melbourne where I grew up, and I loved it, and I loved that drive, and I loved the team atmosphere. And when I went into the workforce, I realized that I kind of let that go by the wayside, and that was the missing. And we all do it, right? And I started having kids, and I struggled – well, I struggled to have kids, and then I had kids, and then I did that whole process. And a few years in, just realized – that's the missing piece. And so 
I had been managing other people's businesses for my corporate career and decided that I could do that for myself in terms of have my own individual clients. But what I started to realize with business coaching was that a lot of the times, particularly entrepreneurs, have these limiting beliefs or these mindsets that hold them back and they're always looking for the next great book that's going to get them motivated or going to courses and and finding out all this information but that their implementation was lacking. And the reason that the implementation was lacking, like I just found their thought processes very interesting, like their limiting beliefs and um, what they needed to do to walk through them or even worse, not even realizing that they had them and that this was just how they were how they were wired. So as a business coach, I ended up using my leadership skills and my mindset hacks and my habit hacks to walk them through how to enhance their performance. And so in January of this year, I went all in on the performance coaching because I thought, man, if I can get people to wake up every day and be productive and be happy with themselves and not have regret, then that's my life happy. Like that's me in a nutshell. I, I love that because in fact, if you can't get over or past yourself, you yeah, she can't do anything. No, I just got tingles. Like it's one of the hardest things is looking at people and seeing regret or seeing them say something and being resigned to that's how life is. But knowing full well, like I have this thing where I see them five years down the track or a year down the track or six months down the track and knowing that it could be different and how much happier it would make them. So this isn't for everybody. If you're really happy with how you live your life, great. But if the things that I speak about resonate, then there's probably a few tweaks that you can make in your life or your daily habits that will give you a greater outcome in work, in your relationships, in your, you know, in your fitness and health. Um, and they're all intertwined. It's, it's not a case of just doing one without the other. It's, it's a complete package, which is probably the overwhelming, confusing bit for people. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, the health and wellness of your business is a direct uh, reflection of, uh you the stage you're at the phase you're at the way that you think the actions that you're taking now i've known this in theory in theory for a long time yeah. but to actually um go through i guess another business for me go through another business from starter all the way through i've been able to relive that mm. and recognize that i guess maybe from a little bit more of an outside and, and rec- it's probably actually that i work with business owners and i can see that and then i see it in my own for myself and I can just I I can it is the number one determining factor on whether or not you will be successful right health and fitness or the whole you are a reflection of you are yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. and And there are the odd cases where you know you you could have a business where you look at their books and they're doing great with their profit and um they have a great client list and but the point is that if you look at the owner and and they are less than in terms of their health and fitness and their relationships in their everyday life and and how they feel about themselves more importantly then you then I just want to shake them and go do you realize what you could have like if this is how you run a business when personally that's what's going on imagine what you could have like and and that's the anomaly of people that can kid themselves by looking at their books or whatever and go but I'm doing great right or look at their savings account and go we're we're great we're fine we holiday we but 
more often than not, it is a particularly, um, and I won't say particularly in your industry, like in the salon industry, but, you know, as a consumer, I saw that all the time, a very strong habit of working in your business and giving to everybody and hearing everybody's stories and working till 9 p.m. and not having the time. And um, and I just thought it was time to call BS and go, guys, but this is not sustainable. So don't talk to me about your passion for your clients when you won't look after yourself because it will mm. get a point where your clients will look at you and go, I don't know that I trust that anymore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I get a little bit fired <laughs> up by that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so please give us a few uh, hacks, if you will. I know yep. that there are lots and there are a hundred and we have a limited amount of time. So give us some of your core ones that you see, particularly in this industry that uh, we really need to be thinking about in terms of enhancing our personal performance so we can enhance, enhance our business performance number one would be getting up early. Like it's, you've all heard it and you may or may not be doing it. And, it, and there's a definite difference between doing it and doing it productively. But the one thing that changed my life and so many business owners that I've worked with, and I, I've had the, I've been fortunate enough to speak to a lot of salon owners lately and talk them through this because a lot of the times they feel like not going to the gym or having time for themselves is actually clients that they would miss out on because it needs to happen during the day. And then I say, oh, great, what time do you wake up? And even if they say 7 o'clock, I'm like, that is like midday. Like, <laughs> get up at 6. <laughs> and, and even if it's 6 and I say get up at 5.30 or 5 or whatever you can manage and I will give you some key points of what to do in that time to make it a productive day, you know, I promise you that you will be more centred and you will actually have more time throughout the day to contribute to your business and your relationships and you won't be chasing coffee and, like, you can drink coffee because you love it instead of because of the fact that you need it. Um, and it, so early morning wake-ups would be, and I have people throw everything at me, but what if you work shifts? And what, So I've changed it to wake up half an hour to an hour earlier than you need to wake up. So whatever time it is that your day starts, just start it earlier. <laughs> And Do you know what? if you're worried about sleep, fix it on the back end. Go to bed earlier. Yeah, I'm I'm a real convert for this. I'm a true believer. And I haven't always been. Um and I had this thought today, I needed to leave the I don't leave the house very often. <laughs> I needed to leave the house today. Yeah. Uh, you too, right? When we when yeah. we work from home, I didn't needed to leave the house today and I wanted to go to the gym and I needed to get some things done that I didn't do last night. So I had this conversation with myself last night. Do I do it tonight? Right. Have my brain wide awake, not sleep. Or do I commit to going to bed early, get up early in the morning and do it? Yeah. And then I thought, if I got up at 5.30, I need to leave at 8.30. That's three hours. Three hours. Three hours of, of life. Like probably quiet time because everybody's in bed for most of it. What can you smash out in three hours? I can certainly get myself ready, go to the gym and do an hour's work. And yeah. I bet you you had a moment where you went, oh, I've got an extra 15. Like, well, you know, we're high performance people, so we fill every spot. So there's not often that we go, even if we had 15 minutes, we'd be like, great, there's that other job I was going to do that I'll go and do it. But um, it is a absolute, for wanting a more cliche term, it is a game changer. Like it, I agree. For peace of mind, for just being centred, for there's just so many reasons, particularly, and I won't single us out, but particularly if you're a parent and you've got young ones that either wake early or um, need you from the moment they're awake, it is really important. So I get up, I just have to tell you this funny story, and then, I'll, and then I've got another question for you. Um, I get up three mornings a week early, and you know, I can guarantee, I can almost write 
write it down. On the mornings that I need to get up, my kids get up in the night. It's like the universe oh, 100%, they know. They know. The, the, the mornings that I don't get up, I don't need to get up early, like Tuesday I have to take my son somewhere so I don't go to the gym that morning, sleep through. I bet you on Monday morning <laughs> my son sleeps until 8 because it's school holidays. I bet you. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Um, um, so... I, and uh, just on that point, like I, I do that too. Like I, you were talking about leaving the house. I started my day this week. We having to be out Monday, having to be out Tuesday. Wednesday was a day at home, but I had a ton of stuff to do. And on Monday night, I was like, oh, I like I have the skills, and I still need to rethink it. Like, when will I prep dinner? When will I um, do my workouts? When will I, like? And I have to plan it, otherwise, it bites me in the bum every time. Yeah, yeah. So you need to be ahead of it, right? Yeah. I know. I want just a quick advice because I know one of us to run into it periodically and if you're someone who is used to not getting up early yes. to make that shift is quite a mental shift it's quite a, it's not just a mental shift it's a physical shift so any tips on the 5 30 like actually the getting out of bed oh like the pulling the covers back <laughs> like getting out of bed yeah like the alarm goes off and you go you've got like for me it's there's minute there's there's milliseconds there's moments that will determine whether or not I get up and get out of bed because it's cold outside, I'm tired, the kids came in, whatever it is. Any right. tips on actually following through? Yeah, um, put your alarm on the other side of the room, particularly if you have a partner sleeping next to you because they will boot you out of bed to turn your alarm off. <laughs> okay, that's um, a good one. <laughs> if you don't have a partner, getting out and making your bed straight away, and I would give you that tip anyway, your bed has to be made every day. That is something my mum hassled me about my whole life and I always thought it was crap, but it is so true. Um, it really sets you up for clarity and, you know, that, that bit's done. You're not looking to get back in. Like even from a mindset point of view, you're mm. not like, oh, when can I get a little bit more rest today? Like your bed is made and you're moving forward and you're walking away from it. Um, so the alarm on the other side of the room is a good one. And, uh, look, just pull the covers back. You know, another one is if you have a partner that is sleeping next to you, Ask them to hold you accountable. Tell them mm. the mornings that you're going to get out and when your alarm goes off, just get them to say something or that's a trigger for you or remind you why you're doing it to pull the covers back. Oh, sleeping in, <laughs> if you want to get up to workout, sleeping in your workout gear is also a good one because you're not like, oh. cold and I've got to get changed and you're yeah, just like, oh, I'm good to me. go. I literally have no excuse. Like it's just get yeah, out of yeah. bed. Remove the excuses. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, okay, uh, I love that hack. I think that's a good one, and I think it really sets you up. So, um, all right, what other hacks can you give us to enhance our personal performance? I feel like I will come up with one. I feel like that's a really open-ended statement. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we talked about we talked about um, just before we we pushed record. We talked about new uh, creating new habits or letting go of habits. Right. Talk to me about that because those are old. You know, habits can. Um, Habits can seep in and derail us, right? Yes. How do we so I deal just with did a, um I just did a three-day series on my Facebook page that was why you shouldn't create new habits. And basically what it was was, you know, any habits that aren't serving you, I, I spoke through how to recognize them and set triggers and move forward into new ones. So well, not to new ones, to change that habit into a productive one. So every habit has a cue, a uh, um a process that you work through, like a routine, and then it has a reward. And the, the tip with habits is that we're chasing a craving. So if we haven't attached a craving, like so the outcome and how it makes us feel, like actually going that far, 
to what we're trying to change, then we will most likely be unsuccessful at it. Because when that trigger sets off, we actually are going to want to move towards the feeling that we're looking for. And I'll give you an example. Let's We're already on the path of waking up early. So a lot of people are in the dialogue of, I just want to wake up feeling rested, and they think, so I'll get more sleep. And so they're in this bad habit loop of going, well, crap, I just got eight hours and I still feel like crap. Okay, I'll try nine. And they go, and they just keep trying to get more sleep, and then they're trying to chase this craving of feeling rested, but it never comes, and that's what you call a bad habit loop. Mm. The way to fix that is to understand the trigger, which is that you're feeling tired all the time, and the moments in your day that that happens, like the moments in your day of like when it really hits you, and then understanding the change. So in this case, what we would be doing is going, well, I'm going to try getting up half an hour earlier and doing these things for myself and seeing how that affects my tiredness and my mental state. And, and I'm going to commit to it for two weeks and then I'll see, like I'll really give it a shot. And then, I, and then what will happen is, and here's the tip. You know, we've all heard it, habits take 21 days to form or 60 days to form. And, and I don't know what that actual number is. All I know is that you have to do it until it's become a craving and until it's a habit. So until you get up and you go, oh, I got up five mornings this week and I didn't really think about it, then you're like, oh, habit formed, right? And mm. you're like, I actually feel great. And, I, and then you attach the feeling to it. And then when you go back to who you were before, you go, oh, how did I like live like this? Like, <laughs> you know, like what was I doing? Of course that wasn't going to work. But it takes changing something to understand and that new craving feeling. So my big tip would be if, if there's something every day that you're thinking about, like there's one of the um, things I spoke to them through was if there's something every day that you find reoccurring, like whether it's, oh, I'm five minutes late at the door again, or whether it's um, I drank 10 cups of coffee instead of the one I promised myself I would, or I would have two litres of water or whatever the thing. There's always something that people are working towards, even if they say there's not, there is. There's something in their mind that they have regret for every day. It's figuring out what the trigger for is for that and swapping it out for a habit that's good and committing to really going until. Yeah, I like that. And I like that you've attached this craving, like what's the payoff? What right. is it that we're looking for? Um, and, and committing to something until you've attached yourself to the new outcome. Yeah, right. And the a really good tool is like giving yourself an actual reward. So when that happens, like say you wanted to lose 10 kilos, okay, I'm going to buy a new pair of jeans. Or if you wanted to drink water, I don't know, you can buy yourself, like whatever it is you want to reward yourself with, that you get to go out and do that thing, but that you refuse to do it until that is formed. Yes. Yeah. And then get some accountability over it. Yeah, accountability is <laughs> luck key <laughs> absolutely okay so what about um something that you as a big piece of you as a person but as a big piece of your program and what you teach is yeah. using exercise as a tool to hack performance talk to me a little bit about that so there are two ways that we can understand ourselves better and one is going through massive emotional trauma physical trauma will also give you the emotional trauma and then having no choice but to deal with it or there's creating the situations that might make those thought processes reoccur or occur and understanding them and moving through them. And exercise is the one tool that I've found that will actually walk people through that, that they'll hit points, particularly when they work with me, they'll hit points that they go, oh, I'm done. Like I can't do another rep. I think I'm going to fall off the back of this treadmill. And then we've all had, anyone that's done exercise knows, like for me, if I go running, it's like, this is crap. Why am I doing this? What's my time doing? Oh, uh, maybe I'll just walk. 
what if I run 1K and then I walk? Like the mental game that happens while you're doing exercise, I haven't found another thing that replicated, uh, replicates it other than a life event, like a negative life event, or like if you took up rock climbing or free falling or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's something that's, you know, facing your fears every day. So I thought to myself, like it's something I've always done, but then I thought to myself, hang on, if my mindset during exercise actually applies to how I deal with my challenges in my everyday life, in my business particularly. So what if I could walk people through understanding that that thought process, that if they stop in that moment or if they do one less push-up, or what if we just worked on the simple thing of just doing one more? Or, you know, there's a theory that we only ever use 40% of our capacity. So when we're down and out emotionally, physically, whatever it is, that we have 60% left in the tank. And I have found that to be true in every situation I've tested it. I've done challenges where I've said to people, okay, I want you to do push-ups until you can't do push-ups anymore. Like you're literally on the ground trying to push up a new face plant. Like that's your, whatever that number is, remember that. And then I want you to wait 15 seconds and I want you to do five more. I want to show you that you actually have more, that if you, if you strategize it, that you can actually overcome that point of thinking that there's no more and understand there's more within. Um, and so we've all heard that saying of you are enough. And I agree with that to a point, but I would add on an extra line where it says, but you are so much more as well. Mm. Because I think people are starting to get complacent and using that you are enough statement as an excuse to stay where they are. Yeah. Which is a bit... I, I really like this uh, 40-60 rule that you've thrown out there. I'm going to pick that one up because yeah. it's like, um, I know that moment I running. I know. When I say it, people are like, oh, yeah, I, yep. Oh, I know that moment when I just like, oh, just, if nobody's watching, I might just walk this next uh -huh. level. Who will know? <laughs> Who will even know? I know that moment. And it's like, yeah, okay, so if I'm at 40% now, I do have more. I can push. I can work with that. I can work with something. I'd that love I can... to hear how it goes for you because I know that yeah. you will use it. You'll be in the gym or you'll be doing something and you'll be like, no, nah, there's more. <laughs> yeah, especially those freaking press-ups. I can't get low enough um, to because I will face plant. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. you, it's there. I bet you you're not doing it. But I bet you if you said 10 times beforehand, I'm going to do it this time, I'm going to do it this time, I'm going to feel strong, and you attach yourself to the feeling of having it completed, that you will get it done. Oh, yeah, I, I agree that exercise is the mental game. And I guess what you're saying is that if you can build those ha – is this what you're saying? If you build those habits that you can attach to that physical push, yes. do five more, do another rep, run the extra lamppost, that you can take those same – yeah, mental that same mental strength and apply it to other things like your business or dealing Make with team issues. Or, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They all of a sudden become less significant because, yeah, it's completely transferable. Yeah, yeah, and you're building that that um, building a that muscle ability. like a skill. Yeah, to carry yeah. with you. Yeah. Okay. I love that. So we're all going to get out and do some exercise this week. Who's <laughs> committing it to it? <laughs> I had a really great question the other day, which was like, well, what's your theory? Do you go all in? Cause you're pretty full on, like, and you're super fit. Like, do you, and my, my is my answer is no, wherever you are at, you need to, and this is why I love to work with people. You need to figure out something that challenges you every day. But um, it's that fine line between being uncomfortable, but attainable because your brain needs clues that you can do it. If you keep going, okay, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to do 100 push-ups. I'm going to run 10Ks. I'm going to drink two liters of water. I'm going to fix my diet. My business is going to be amazing. It's probably not going to work. Um, and understanding the flip side to that is I also teach my children that the best way to learn is to fail. 
and learn and fix it and do it again. But in terms of this, in terms of exercising, in terms of accomplishing something, if we don't show our brains that we are moving forward and that we are being successful, it will try to take us back to who we were before, who we're trying to overcome. So the brain is designed to protect us. So if we keep going, didn't do it, didn't do it, didn't do it, something will switch off and then it'll be two weeks and we'll realize that we stopped that trying to do that thing. So it has to be, on some level, it has to be go until failure and there has to be certain things that you've implemented that are like, oh, I didn't think I could do that. And I did, but achievable goals. Does that make sense? So it's that yeah, bring the, target, bring the target closer. Yeah, and get it. And then, so break it down. So what I do is I'm like, okay, what's your big goal? Like, what is the big, and then we reverse engineer it and we go, okay, well, I think that will take six months. So in month one, we'll do this. In month two, we'll do this. And you notice people along the way go, oh, I'm a step closer. I'll sit closer. And this is like, this is literally the feeling they get. And then they're like, oh, I'm here. And it didn't seem like it took that long because they've had those small wins and you've celebrated them and you've moved on and, and it's a process and you're in momentum. I love that. I love to feel a momentum. Yes. Because <laughs> why okay. anything else? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it, it actually, once you're in there and you're in flow, it actually is really addictive. So it's a good place to be. And that's the craving. There you go. Looped back. <laughs> Great. All right. I love this. Um, feeling inspired to do your program, Amanda. <laughs> um, okay. You're a business owner, as we all are. What is a quote or a mantra that keeps you going, keeps you sane, keeps you on track? Something that you can share with us that we might adopt. My, I was just saying my hashtag. I, I, I hate saying that. I don't know why, but so what I, what I, well, I didn't realize my mentor actually told me that, as I was doing things in life, say I did something that was less than, I would be like, ugh, be better, Amanda. Like just, you know, when you give yourself a bit of a hard time because you're like, you probably could have done that better or not said that stupid thing. or, um, And so, you know, I grew up in the basketball world. So anything Michael Jordan, like any tragic, typical sports quotes that you can think of, I'm all in for. Um, but for me, it's, um, and I've probably derived it from a mixture of other people's things, but also my mindset. And, is, and that is just simply, did I finish today better than yesterday? Is there something today that I could have done better and not beating myself up over it, but understanding it and then striving to do it the day after? Um, I, I'm strongly believe that competition is self. Like I'm a, the most competitive person you'll meet. Like don't come bowling with my husband and I, cause we're terrible. <laughs> um, and it's funny because we have a really complacent child until a ball is involved or <laughs> it's competition and then everyone's on. It's like white line fever. But um, I've, I've grown to learn that the biggest competition we have is with ourselves. And as mm. long as we are like that is true success is aiming to be a little bit better every day. I love it. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. And, and, and it forces you to take a moment and take stock of or, or mm. review where you've been and what you've done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, when we're far too busy being busy, we don't have the time to do that. And exercise is a great time to create some white space. It's so, my meditation that I go. Yeah. yeah things start to work through my mind. Am I working hard enough? What can I improve? Um, where am I going? What's on for today? And I change my exercise. I'm at a point now that I change my exercise according to what I have on. So say I'm going somewhere that I need quick thinking. I'll do exercises that my body parts cross and that they're quick feet, like quick feet because I'm using both sides of my brain. If I'm doing something that I need to be very strategic and move on purpose, 
I'll do yoga or something that I have to hold positions for a long time and go through that mental thought process of I want to quit, I want to quit, no, I'm not, okay, time's up, yes, I did it. Like, um, So I will change my exercise according to what I need from my day. Hmm. I like that. That's really cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I, that that stuff really interests me. You know, like this this um, cross body movement for um, the cognitive brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we could talk about that all day. Please <laughs> tell me what is um, what's, a, what's a book or a podcast you've listened to? Some kind of resource that's been um, really valuable for you that you can share with us that we must read ourselves. The first, I wouldn't say the first book I read. So when I started listening to books, I got advised to read. The one book I tell everybody read is Success Principles by Jack Canfield. It is an oldie but a goodie and it really walks you through your thought processes and how they match up and how you want to change them. And um, it, it's, it's a really, I would encourage everybody to read that or listen to that. Um that that's probably the number one. I don't like to give a lot of book suggestions because I, you know, you do them and then people do nothing. So I always give one podcast. I'm a little bit all over the place. I I listen to one called The Armchair Expert, which is really it, it teaches a lot. It's by an actor who's actually quite intelligent and obviously has connections to a ton of different experts as well as non-experts. But just the thought processes and the theories and and what it comes up in that podcast. It's it's like I akin it to watching. It's, it's a really bad example, but like trashy TV. Like, you know how sometimes you're listening to a podcast or an audio book and you're just like, I just got to turn it on. It was too much information in a short space of time. It's a really easy listen, but you will always have one to two, like, key takeaways. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So that's I'm gonna, I'll put those uh, links in the show notes so you can go awesome. and check them out. Thank you for that, Amanda. All right. So let's please tell us where can we stalk you find you follow your hashtags and will you just drop in your program because um i want to know about it myself yeah absolutely. <laughs> so amanda hodgson on facebook as well as ah coaching is my business page and i have a website ahcoaching.coach where i have a blog and um the six-week program is on there so on october on the week of october 21st i'm releasing a six-week course, well, it's eight weeks. You get two weeks bonus for me to nurture you through your new habits. So it's six weeks of um, the team of Vala, who is an online streaming company, have put their six-week program in there, which is the exact program I use. Like when people ask me, it, it gets to a point where people look at me and they're like, well, as if you understand being not fit, as if you understand being not strong. And you know, I distinctly remember a time where I thought my strength would fail me, that I thought to myself, if my kids got in trouble, I literally would not be able to help them. Like I, we would be done. And this is the program I use to go from zero to strengths to whatever level that is for you in six weeks. And it's literally get up, press play, do your 40 minute workout. And there's modifiers and there's high intensity and um, Lexi and Al at Vala are just incredible humans and I'm so grateful to have their program within the course. And what we do with that is that we do exactly what you and I have just been talking about. So um, there's a training a week with me on Zoom and then there's also a live Q&A into a closed group of the people who have just in the course where we will train on a mindset hack at the start of the week. Everyone will do their exercises, can communicate in the group, support each other. And then there'll be a live Q and A where I can address anything that comes up that we've recognized as either a trigger for a bad habit or something, you know, inevitably when you start to work on these things, life throws you curveballs and you have to really decide that this is what you want. So talking through those things. So I will be teaching on the mindset and the habit hacking 
And we will be using that exercise program to work through it and create your new habits for a higher performance life. I love that. All right. I will also put all of those links in the show notes. So thank you so thank much you. for joining us and sharing your wisdom. And um, I, I feel inspired to even do more than what I have been. <laughs> I and I was you're like, you are a high performer. So I would love to see that change. <laughs> Watch out. It would well. be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you so much, Amanda, for joining me in this episode. I truly love and adore everything that you have to say. And your tips are, you know, real life tips, practical steps that we can all take to improve ourselves. You have certainly been on my shoulder since we chatted. And would you agree? She certainly doesn't beat around the bush. She just really wants to help people like you and me. And it's obvious with how successful she is. And I do love following her on social. She is being present and active to support us. So go and stalk Amanda. Um, it's lots of fun. All right. So that's a wrap for this week. Make sure you come and join me in the Salon Owners Collective group. It's free and I'm live every Monday morning or I guess Sunday afternoon if you're in the US. It certainly is Monday morning here in New Zealand and Australia. So see you there and we will continue with the Christmas countdown. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Tune in each week as we reveal the latest insight and advice on what it takes to make your salon a success today. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or visit us online at salonownerscollective.com for answers to your common questions, to follow Larissa and much more. Thanks for listening. See you next time.